Welcome to another episode of Praying Through the Scriptures. I'm Ron. Hi, I'm Angela. And we're going to be looking today at First uh, John. We're actually going to be listening to First John chapter 1, uh, just reading it and then uh, praying it aloud and sharing some thoughts, some questions, and also uh, maybe a challenging point or two. We'll see um, what the Lord has to share with us and with you today. So thanks for joining us. And First uh, John 1, I'm just going to uh, share this. And so listen and let's hear the word of the Lord together. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we saw and our hands touched concerning the word of life, that life was revealed and we have seen and testify and declare to you the life, the eternal life, which was with the Father and was revealed to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So we write these things to you that your joy may be fulfilled. This is the message which we've heard from him and also announced to you. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie and don't tell the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us the sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we haven't sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So that's First John chapter 1. It's fairly short, 10 verses, and um, it really sets tone and a whole context for some pretty deep issues. We want to just let this word speak to us and also use it to pray together God's word to him. If you were to take a guess, Ron, what do you think the first John uh, epistle was inserted in the Bible, you know, before all of us? That is like, you know, this is one of the books I'm going to include in the Bible. You know, there's some really foundational, some basic things that are covered in um, a, a short span. So I think the letter format being short and to the point allows the message to really come across with a with a great force. And um, some of the themes that are covered in First John, I think the emphasis there, it doesn't come across in, in other places. I'm thinking about the the emphasis on love, just that it's really core to what it means to be a Christ follower, is to obey his command and to walk in love. And that's equated with walking in the light versus walking in darkness or being deceived and also not really dealing with the sin in our lives. And so I think that whole emphasis on uh, love and living out the implications of it is is the real contribution from First John. 
So I remember one of the sermons that uh, I heard from Pastor Mark, one of our dear friends, is at the end of the day, if you don't get anything else, what we can learn from John is love. Love one another. And that should mark who we are as Christians in this upside-down world. And you've done some study yourself. This is translation. I noticed that you are reading from um, your notes. And um, so what can you tell me about who this John is and what was his intent? Was it just what Pastor Mark says, love, love, love one another? And that's all we need you to take away from. The, the fact is we know a lot less about John than, than we would like. Uh, for one thing, the name John is never used in this letter. Mm. It's within the letter itself. I mean, the title, um, John 1, 1 John 1, or uh, 1 John, is a title that came to be attached to it. But it's just, I mean, he never starts off at the beginning saying, I'm John writing to you. And he doesn't sign off at the end saying, this is John writing, like we have in Paul's letters. It's just not there. And so the author never identifies himself by name within this letter. However, in the first four verses, Mm -hmm. there is such a strong uh, similarity and connection with what we find in the Gospel of John of the the wording, the language, the concerns, you know, how just how he begins. It's it's so strikingly similar that like impossible to think that, you know, that's just a mere coincidence and this is someone completely unrelated to the writer of the gospel mm-hmm. of John. And so he does identify that we saw, we heard, we touched, we experienced firsthand, right. you know, all of these things with Jesus. And so I'm writing to you from that basis. So we know this is someone from the you know the closest circle of early believers and followers in Jesus. Mm. And so you know I can't tell you much more about John himself. That's not speculation. And there's a lot of you know different people who will you know come out with that. But I don't think that's the key point here. It's enough to say, hey, there's a lot of close links with the Gospel of John and same concerns. And, you know, for all of its emphasis on love, there's also another sub-theme or a, a dynamic within this letter throughout, which is John is writing to a situation where there is conflict, where there is division, and there's another group, maybe a splinter group or a, a group of believers who have gone out from... John's circle or you know the church mm. of John and the believers that John writes to are struggling with how to relate to these other people do yeah. we like you know label them as you know they've gone off the rails and we have nothing to do with them yeah. or do we have any obligation to them you know who's right who's wrong do we ha- have to you know worry about love and all this and so do we need to love them or do we just mark them and say stay away from them you know that's part of the the whole context and so it's not just what I call sweetness and platitudes like love one another, you know, and we're just going to, you know, hold hands. and Yeah, because when you said that, I, I realized I was just struck by like Maybe that's why God put it in the Bible. Because um, I'm thinking about people who are traveling, like the parable of the sower and, you know, things of the world or uh, human philosophy kind of take that first love away or that understanding. Mm-hmm. 
and so they start to question. Uh, we call that doubt, you know, and you start to question. And, and if it's the faith is not guarded with mentoring, discipleship, dis- honest discussions with someone further along the road, you start being trapped by the questions. You start thinking that the questions is how is the important key versus get out of those questions get out of that fog as quickly as you can and get back to the real business of what a true disciple of Christ is, which is to love. Yeah. To love. Right? Yeah. We have a lot of, um, well, we have a tendency to substitute our own issues, <laughs> our own concerns for um, what God wants us to really focus on. And so... You know whether it's drawing the the boundaries and the circles about who's in or who's out, who's right, who's wrong. That's all. Whose theology is more complete than another? Yeah, you know. that's all our human. Yeah, really, it's our flesh. And John's going to have something to say about that in the next chapter, in chapter two, about you know the the the, the lust of the flesh and you know what what we want from a human level. I think. For today, what we've just read, what we've heard from God says, you know what? You've got to come back to the basis. You know, it comes back to, are you, in fact, not just in in theory, not in your head, but are you, in fact, in your heart, in a relationship, in fellowship with the source of light, with God? Mm -hmm. Are you, in fact, living according to the Word? Are you walking in the light? Is this a real thing for you? Or is this just you know, something that you are talking about? Maybe even you make your living by. That's one of the particular dangers about full-time ministry is you actually are you know, in the church working with people who you know, carry convictions. And it's like this is your full-time occupation. And yet, as you and I both know, we've experienced too you can be doing the lord's work and your heart be far from the lord sadly what was from the beginning what we've heard and what we've seen and with our eyes and what we beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life and the life was manifested as we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the father which was manifested to us what we've seen and heard we proclaim to you And you also may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. What I am concerned about is if our identity becomes about our, you know, the work that we do, whether that's the work we do in the marketplace or the work we do in the church or in, you know, ministry settings, and and our identity is not coming from Christ. It's not coming from our relationship, our living relationship with God. So I think these opening words from First John are really a call. It's a challenge to come back to that living relationship and to really ask yourself that searching question. Are you in fellowship, mm. a living fellowship with God? Are you living out um, the word you know, just like Jesus took God's word and lived it out. He was literally the word of God incarnate in the flesh. Are we God's word 
being lived out in the flesh every day? You know, we should not be too quick to answer that question unless we're just truly, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's like with that confidence, that ringing, you know, voice, we can just say, yes, I am. I am, you know, a living um, expression of God's word. And I'm clear, you know, the people that I'm around right now, the people that I'm sent to, I'm speaking the word and I'm pulling people out of, you know, the pit of sin and the the things they're entrapped in and I'm on a rescue mission Mm. and and you know what I'm on a rescue mission because I myself have been rescued I'm very clear that um, I have sinned within me and the only one the only reason I have this ability to do this work is because I know that I've sinned and I know that I still am tempted at times by sin and I've got to every day focus on walking the light and keep my connection with the light with God with the source of love I feel very uh, led and I would like for you to um, could you just pray for everyone anyone who's listening in who are in ministry um, or who are closing that chapter in ministry and moving on to a new one a new assignment all of us are in ministry of some sort Mm -hmm. some uh, Mm -hmm. sometimes the, the role may look more public Mm-hmm. But those who understand the word, of, the, the assignment that's given, the commission is given by Christ, we know we're in some sort of ministry, whether we're a teacher, um, a, a businessman, or um, you know, a homemaker, or student, you know. So, um, can you, you know, pray for all of us? And I, here's the reason why um, I feel it's so important because. My children are soon to leave uh, the protection of my home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have I've, an eighteen-year-old. We have a sixteen-year-old. Um, they're two two young men. Um, we're about to launch them into the world. And I, as I see the world out there, it's like I am. You know, I myself have have uh, left my own country to another place. So I have, don't guarantee I can't have them. Like, you're only going to live 40 miles away from me. You know, you, I can't put that. Or in when the same I town. myself, right. you know, have not lived, I'm like, how right. many thousands right. of miles away from home? So, um, um, yeah, I, I want people to intercede into their lives, people who are um, of the Lord, and, um, you know, continue to help them in that journey of life. So... Yeah. So anyone who knows the Lord's Commission well, I pray that they will I like a prayer on every one of us. Sure. And I you know, some of the thoughts that came up as we were talking about, you know, that seem directed to people in full time ministry and those are tough words for some people to hear and I'm really not sitting in judgment. I really do want to support um you're in some kind of full-time ministry. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, dual ministry in the sense that um, I have oh, work in the business world, and then we have this podcast and this ministry word of prayer, which is not supporting us financially, but um, it's what we're called to do. And so we're just trying to be faithful with this. And so I want to pray for you as you're listening to this, because God has given you a ministry. God has given you a either a particular task a role to fill a service that he wants you to do. Um, Angela just mentioned the service of parenting that we've been on for more than 18 years now of raising two young men to maturity 
and that's a long-term charge, a service, a ministry given to us. That's just one that we have. And so you've got your own ministry. You've got your own charge. Um, and I just want to pray for you, uh, taking off from the words of First John, and ask that we can pray these words back to God. So join me in prayer now. Father, you are the Father of light. You spoke this world into being by your powerful creative word. You spoke light into being when you said, let there be light. You yourself are all goodness, all truth, all love. And because you are a holy God, because you are holiness itself, there is no darkness in you. There is no sin, not even a hint of it. And we are just humbled and amazed that you choose to have fellowship with us and to make it available and and give us a hope that we can walk in your light, that we can leave the path of sin behind, the, the, the blindness, the darkness, all the things, the deception, and that we can actually enjoy fellowship of walking with you in the light. And Father, right now, I just, I pray that we will tell the truth to ourselves, first of all. Father, I struggle with sin. And each person hearing me has sin in their life that gets in the way of our relationship with you. And we lay it before you. We confess it. Please reveal to us what is truly important and help us Lord remove the obstacles and what blocks us from walking in fellowship with you in truth and just having a simple faith we want to walk in the simple truth of who you are and what you've called us to be and we just want to be found faithful in living out the calling that you've given to us, the charge, the ministry that you've entrusted to us, um, the little service that we are responsible for, whether it's raising a child or children, whether it's serving in a role within the marketplace, or if it's doing something on the behalf of the church or working in government or just all of the different things that you've called us to do. I pray for each person hearing this, that you will speak to them in this moment. Let them know, Lord, what is the really essential part of their ministry and their relationship with you. And we pray that you will shine your light a little brighter. Help us to see Help us to grasp it. Help us to embrace and to treasure above all our fellowship, our relationship with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dear God, the message is very simple that you have given us, which is to love. I asked, I thank you for um, the people in ministry who have dedicated themselves with what the calling their lives have changed and they heard the calling and they somehow in their hearts you spoke to them and they want to dedicate themselves to serving you in a public fashion. 
I continue to ask you to uh, protect them, to keep their hearts clean and to teach them, to convict them, whatever it is, to teach them, to help them, to um, turn to you. I need these people, Lord, to teach my children on their own uh, on their own path in life. Mm-hmm. I need them to to be true and honest and to be real so that when they shine their light my children can see that this is more than just what mom and dad have passed on mm-hmm. I need a community of faith a community of believers a f- community of saints further along than my children so that when they're out there they can see you against all the mixed messages and the chaos and the philosophies that are out there. That when they chance upon someone who's taken your call seriously, they can say, yes, I remember. I remember what my mom and dad taught me. Or even more than what we've taught them or shared with them that they will bring home one day even greater news or what they've experienced or heard through us that we may grow through them our children we thank them and we thank you Lord for this um, circle of life circle of friendship that you've given and uh, yeah that is all I just ask that you protect everyone in service of you in Jesus name I pray and ask Amen Amen I realized something had in I can give my children life. <laughs> they were in my womb. I delivered them. Mm-hmm. You saw how I delivered them. And I raised them. I've taught them. I've done many things with them. Mm-hmm. One thing I've not been able to give them is teach them how to have living life. And that is only possible when they are in a living relationship with God when they have Mm -hmm. a living relationship with God Mm -hmm. they will know what life of joy is for themselves because what is life of joy for me is not necessarily life of joy for them Mm -hmm. so that is my prayer for my children that my children will have a living life of joy with their Savior and I'm thinking also as you shared that um, there's a close analogy um, thinking particularly about this couple in ministry that um, we were praying about before we um, came to record this who um, are passing into a new season and they've got spiritual children that they are um, entrusting the work to to carry it on as they move on to something else and those children in the faith um, you know you've they've poured their lives into them they have great hopes and expectations Mm -hmm. and at the same time now it's in their hands it's it's like you know you have to step back away and let others take what you've poured into them and and you know run with it you know do with it so and interesting the, the analogy to raising children is like yeah you know when you're planting churches or when you're initiating ministry and then it you know, it's time at some point to hand off 
and to step away or to you know be in a different role than what you've done I love the, the words of a friend who you know journeyed with me uh, last couple of years in a spiritual walk and, and she always remind me you know um, Kathy always says it is finished it is finished it's done like you know at the cross it's finished like God knows mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is so comforting to know like <laughs> I don't have to be responsible for whatever result because I only am tasked to do what I'm supposed to do for the season I'm supposed to do you know and I'm thinking sometimes you know oh I wish I could see some of my students again because I want to continue some of the mm -hmm. friendship and the relationship mm -hmm. and the conversations with mm -hmm. them and I have to trust that it is finished I did what I can in that year that I was tasked to have with them and pray that whatever I planted in their hearts mm -hmm. that they will you know, remember whatever words they're supposed to remember and that it's finished and God will bring another person into their lives to help them along in their young yeah. journey of life. Yeah. I think that's one of the most difficult lessons um, for anyone in leadership is knowing mm -hmm. when to move on and doing it and not staying around any longer yeah. than um, what you need to. And, you know, we experienced that early on. Um, you know, having to step away and leave things in other people's hands and realize that the work carries on in our absence and it's not about us. And, you know, so maybe that's a word for you. Um, you know, entrust to God. He is the one to carry the work on and um, it's not ultimately about us. Thanks for uh, listening and joining us and pray that you've been blessed by this and that especially yeah. you will go back to the 10 verses of first john you'll read or meditate and to ponder um all 10 of the verses maybe but one particular verse one phrase even to let god work on that in your heart whether it's having fellowship with him whether it's walking in his light or whether it's you know focusing on that relationship um, the living relationship with him as the the core, the base that everything operates from. And um, hope this has been a blessing to you. And uh, we thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be back with First John 2 in the next episode. Bye.